Totally Not Unhealthy podcast, episode 11. I'm way over here in Toronto, um, just sitting down with. I'll let you do the full introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, So I'm Nikki Lug, and uh, I'm a tattoo artist in Toronto. um, And I have my own studio, and it's called New Wolf Tattoos. There you go. There you go. And I've like seen your Instagram page and got some nice work. So there you go. There's a plug. Thank uh, you. If anyone's in the area and listening and trying to get some ink. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to totally run with this. We were just getting into a little bit about our tattoos. And for instance, what was it? Uh, a little tiny 100 pounds soaking wet girl here with the heaviest hand ever fucking your skin up back in Edmonton. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. It, it was a convention here in Toronto. She had traveled out here. Yeah. And... Um, I originally actually wanted to only get a small piece, kind of about the size of a palm by her, like completed. Yeah. And she was um, really, really pushy on finishing up like a half sleeve on my leg from my knee down. And she was like, let's just start with the outline and let's just go big and connect everything you've got. And I was like, okay. Like, I get really nervous and anxious around people. No, but I didn't know how to say no because (laughs) I had, like, looked up to her for years as a female tattoo artist. And at the time in the industry, um, there wasn't a lot. So I just thought she was the bee's knees. And I was like, okay, whatever you say. And. I regretted it 100% because she starts this whole huge outline on me. She's this little tiny girl, which was fantastic and fine and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought that she was going to be really light handed. And instead, um, she, was, she had like death grip on her machine. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I was, I was as I'm getting tattooed, um, I'm sitting there and I thought, this hurts so much. If I, um, maybe if I cry, um, <laughs> I'm getting nervous. <laughs> yes. I was like, maybe if I cry, um, you know, it'll hurt less. So then yeah. I started to actually physically try to cry. And instead of it hurting less, I realized that I couldn't even cry because it hurt so much. Um, so I was just shocked by the whole experience because the guy that usually tattoos me was my boss at the time. And mm-hmm. he's this like six, three big biker tattoo guy. And we used to laugh and say that he had hands of a rapist. because he was heavy-handed he was this big burly guy and and like i was like if i could take him then she won't be a problem but she was she was horrible so yeah that's uh (laughs) i just yeah honestly i can't really speak to it too like i've had my fair share of tattoos and i've seen a little bit of everything like i said the one woman that did my arm um, bless her heart the work was good but like i was like jesus fucking christ what are you doing you trying to kill me at least your arm is finished though um, my leg isn't. Like, yeah, this I was going to ask. Like, this was like over 10 years ago. Yeah. And she still hasn't come back and never completed it or anything. Well, I mean, if sh- it was that traumatic of an experience. Do it, I want it, to? Do you no. want to? No. Have you looked at all to have someone sort of, you know? The the guy I was talking about, he wanted to finish it off for me, but yeah. he's moved out east now. Gotcha. So Tricky. it's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe so. like a, a big final hoorah trip where you can just like, you know. Go get it done. I don't know. <laughs> get the, the finishing touches on it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't know. I'm curious. I know when you initially reached out about potentially doing the podcast, um, you said you want to speak to maybe a little bit about how, you know, being a woman in the industry kind of played an interesting part. I'm, you know, I've got my fair share of tattoos, but oh, personally, the only thing I've witnessed, and I don't even know if I would necessarily deem this back to gender, just more of the cancel culture that we live in. Um, the woman, she, she did my leg. Um, really amazing artist she was a sweetheart um i had no issue whatsoever all very professional whatever and whatever and from what i observed 
um, right as I was trying to get started with her, like, had the whole consultation done, like, we had plans in the works, um, and there was some big, stupid, fucking online social media drama, from what I gathered, there was a messy breakup somewhere along the lines, and this person was hell-bent on ruining her, or just inflicting pain on her life, yeah, so she was posting all of this shit on these anonymous fucking pages about how she's this fucked up narcissistic person all of this just basically dragging her through the mud in every single way possible um and then the shop who the owner claimed that you know oh like she's like really good friends of mine blah 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 this is all good like it's fine i was supposed to go in from like my first fucking appointment they fucking fired her i was like what kind of pussy shit is that like this is your friend and you've got someone that's just running their mouth because, like, something ended ugly and you're just going to throw her under the bus like that? Yeah, that's a huge thing in the industry. Right? Yeah. And the, the icing on the cake here, and I'll share this just in case anyone ever runs into some kind of weird fucked up situation like this too. When I went back in and I was like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I would reached out to her personally and she was taking a break and not tattooing. And I was like, look, I get it. That's totally fine. I respect that. Like, if and when you get back to it, then we can, like, finish the piece. Um, so I went back to the shop and I was like, okay, well, I want my fucking deposit. And this dude tried to spin some shit like, oh, well, you know, she'll, she'll likely start tattooing somewhere else. And then the way that typically works is, you know, it'll just transfer over there. And I was like, not a fucking chance. That's absolutely not how it fucking works. I want money back right now. And he's like, well, it usually is how it is. I was like, no cash right now. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yep, pretty fucking sure. So, um, (laughs) who would say no to you though? Really? Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, if anyone's ever trying to pull some weird shit like that, yeah, that's not not the way. So, in terms of anything weird or a little uh, obscure with tattooing that I've witnessed, that's about the extent of it. Other than that, I'm a very happy camper. <laughs> well, you're lucky. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like I've gone through a lot of bad experiences in my on my own body um, leading up to me being in the industry. Gotcha. So I had a lot of like terrible piercings, bad tattoo situations, kind of like we were talking about things where I tried to voice my opinion on what I wanted from an artist and they just didn't listen. Um, and I'm grateful for that because when people say like I've been through stuff and it makes me the person who I am today, mm-hmm. very much in tattooing, I feel that way because it's like not being heard, not being valued as a client, you know, or just having bad practices makes me work harder to not do that with my people. That's amazing. You know, and it's like, I want to make sure I'm giving people the quality of time, you know, and intention when they come into my shop. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important to me. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's beautiful. And I like that because, like, honestly, it, it, that's uh, collectively as a society, that's how we all move forward and be better individuals and human beings if we apply that to literally everything. It's like, yeah, I've been through some fucking shit. Yeah. Why don't we just, you know, work to not you know further push this on to others because yeah. you know i'm sure we all have these people that like to just say like fuck you this happened to me so like now it's gonna happen to you because well, that's the thing and like when i got into the industry too it was very rock star uh culture tattoo artists were having this big boom and um you know literally when studios were hiring they would put in like the um you know like the verbiage for the ad you know like no rock stars but then like you go to, you go to the shop and everyone is a rock star anyway so yeah. it was like 
it was just like be big, be bad, party hard, you know, work hard, party hard, yeah, like mentality. Cool kids, eh? Yeah, and it was it was very crazy back in the day. Um, so yeah, it was. Just <laughs> How do you think it's changed over the years? Like, wh when did you start? Oh my when were you an apprentice? It's night and day now. I just I can't even believe it. And the one thing that makes me really sad though is there is no no not really honestly there's no appreciation or i don't feel that there is for the people that came before got you so Kinda women like the, like the veterans and the ones yeah, that like laid the, the foundation veterans a good word for it and you know um no disrespect to real veterans but like the stuff that it, the people that have gone through it to open the pathways for the for the women in the industry today mm -hmm. there isn't really respect there and anytime we're like well we had to do x and y you know for to to be in the industry they're like basically don't tell me your sob story like they you know there's no 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 one's caring enough to listen there's just no appreciation so that's hard mm -hmm. um how did i get into it so i was taking graphic design at george brown college mm -hmm. and um i hated it and it's really funny to say this now because this is like back in like 2000 yep. <laughs> so i i hated it because i didn't want to sit in front of a computer all day <laughs> And now that's all we do, right? Yeah, we're, everyone, we're glued to our devices 24-7. But that was my, my thing at the end of the day. I was like, I just can't sit in a computer lab. I would be dancing around. I'd be singing. I'd be, like, chatting with people. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just too energetic for it. And I realized I love people and I want to work with people and with art. So yeah. what's the best way to do that? And I was like, mm -hmm. well, I want to start tattooing. Like, if I'm an artist, why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. So I went to my tattoo artist, um, <laughs> who still owns a shop here in Toronto, nice. um, and he had some, you know, funny words at the time. <laughs> he was like, I said, you know, like, how do I get into this? So, you know, I want to be a tattoo artist. And he's like, you can't tattoo. And I was like, what do you it's mean? Inspiring. I, I was like, what do you mean I can't tattoo? And I'd been getting tattooed by him for a couple of years now. Yeah. So it's like we had a reputation. We were friends-ish, yeah, you know, and I was like... You. I was like, what? And he's like, well, you're not a dude. He's like, you can't, you can't tattoo. And I was young, but I was yeah. like, I turned around and I'm like, well, last time I checked, you don't need a dick to work your gun. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I can tattoo. And you know, I was just like full of confidence and cocky and stuff. And he was like, well, he's like, your best bet as a woman is to start with piercing. He's like, if you're respected as a body piercer, then maybe someone will hire you to like learn how to tattoo, like to mm -hmm. start apprenticing. And I was like, okay, fine. How do I get into piercing then? And he's like, well, no one in Toronto is going to hire you. So either you have to go to San Francisco or England. That's the only way that you're going to get into like piercing or tattooing or anything. So I said, all right. And so I went home and I like thought about it and, um, you know, like earlier you and I were talking about drastic measures. My life is full of these like immense changes. Mm -hmm. And I realized like pretty much overnight, like if I want this to work, I'm going to have to go to England. And I was born in England. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to go back home. That's right. It kind of makes sense yeah. in some way. Then, I yeah. was like, that's it. Like if this is what I got to do. So I like packed up all my stuff, stored it at a place. And um, I had scraped together the money for one way flight over to England. And I had 200 pounds in my pocket. So bold. That's it. I had nowhere I would to stay. Yeah, just just winging it. Just winging it on 200 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I believe so much in this, yeah. and I'm so passionate about this that I'm gonna make it work. So I get there, and I'm like, 
trying to figure out what to do and I found that the city that I was in there was this amazing amazing guy I love him to death to this day um, and he had this tattoo shop so I was like okay I'm gonna book a tattoo the cheapest tattoo they have on the wall yeah right this is back before <laughs> like Instagram or Pinterest or whatever so I was like I'm just gonna go in walk in pick out flash and like you know get the owner to tattoo me so mm -hmm. that I can get time with him to convince him this that he so needs smart. to hire me yeah. right so I go in and I do this and I book this appointment for this piece of artwork I didn't even want. It's like covered up a million times now, yeah. but it was like this little like stone Celtic not work thing. I, I didn't even care. I was like, I don't even want it. But yeah. like, and it was 50 pounds. So out of my 200. Yeah, I was going to say it's a good I'm chunk. Putting I'm putting down <laughs> 50 pounds for his time. And yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm going to invest in this. So I uh, make this appointment. I show up on the day and... Uh, I get put with the apprentice and I'm like no eh? I was like I'm supposed to be with the owner like I, and he and shoot the girl at the counter this nice Scottish girl she was like no 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 monkey's gonna tattoo <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's still around that guy no uh -huh. anyways but he did the tattoo and he messed it up badly Yikes. simple tattoo easy easy and stoneworks really easy because even if your lines are kind of crooked it's stone <laughs> it works yeah yeah <laughs> he messed it up so, um, but to that, I was able to have the owner fix it. There you go. So two weeks later, I was able to come back in and talk to the owner. And um, we had this great, amazing conversation. We bonded immediately. He's like, I can't take you on as an apprentice though, yeah. because I have one and obviously he needs work. <laughs> so I'm not at the place where I can take on anybody else. And um, so he's like, but he's like the girl at the counter, she needs a roommate. He's like, do you want to live with her? And I was like, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, okay. And he's like, and the bar across the street needs a bartender. Do you want to be a bartender? And I was like, there yes. You <laughs> there you go. That's so cool. I will so do cool. that. So like, he got me hooked up in yeah. other ways. And it was great because I spent the next couple months just like searching wildly for a job in the industry. Yeah. And then I managed to find one that was um, like a couple hours away. And... It was, a, it was a great opportunity because I had no experience and they actually hired me to be um, a teacher. Nice. So they were gonna train me how to pierce, yeah. but also how to run a course. That was the only health board recognized course in the, all of the United Kingdom. So from zero to 100, just like that. Yeah. That's cool. Because you just have to take those leaps of faith in life. I fully believe I, in that. This entire story you've been doing absolutely <laughs> that. I have the one question so far. When you had this conversation with that owner of the shop, yeah. did you buck up and just like let him know about oh, your yeah. plan? I love that. Just yeah. totally transparent. You're like, I want to do this. I'm amazing. Yep. Uh, every time. And th this, that actually, that will apply later as well. Yeah. If we get that. Well, yeah, we'll get that far. Sure. But, um, you know, like that's what I do though. Like I kind of, and you, know, even when you were messaging me about uh, coming today and everything else it's yeah. like I get very nervous I have like a lot of anxiety around meeting people and stuff like that mm -hmm. but when I'm passionate about something I will jump and take that chance like in a heartbeat because that I know that I have a purpose on my life and yeah. I know that I have to be authentic to that yeah, so. and that's what inspires others yeah. <laughs> like even just like hearing the story already I'm like that's absolutely amazing there's, there's very few people that will like for years I can kind of give a spirituality and learning about like you know like trusting the universe and things actually playing out as they should 
ah, that's so easy to say, but it's fucking terrifying. To do. Like, look what you did. Like, there's very few people that would actually have the balls to do that. And this is before podcasts. Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. This is before we had all this amazing personal development that's available to us today. Yeah. Today, there's no excuse in my book. There is zero excuse for you not to do the thing that you think you cannot do. Like, you have every resource available. You have every resource available. Mm -hmm. People are so lucky nowadays. In 2000, like, we barely had YouTube, like, right. which has evolved totally into a whole nother thing, but... You can learn anything you want on there. Yeah, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and it's just, it's it's kind of crazy to me. Like, if you're passionate about something, you've got to go for it, so... I agree. That's, uh, it was a big limiting thing for me, personally, is uh, all of this bullshit, where it's like, you know, we'll have a backup plan in this. If you have a backup plan, you're fucked. If you have a backup plan, you're expecting then it you're to fail. you're not putting it all in, yeah. Yes, and you will fail every time, because you have that there. So true. It's what is it, on a biological level, human beings, like our bodies, are designed to do as little as possible to survive. That will carry over into everything else that you do. So if you expect to fail, you have a backup every time. Every single time. <laughs> but I mean, like, obviously, some success was found. You own your own shop now. You're out here thriving. Yeah, it, it's been a bit of a longer road, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where, what was that, like, sort of transition? <laughs> you are now a teacher. So I'm now a um, teacher. And, like, to be fair, like, looking back in hindsight, like, I barely knew what I was doing. Like, I just, I'm one of those people that when I learn something, mm-hmm. I, like, go all out. Like, whatever job I'm doing, I will make sure I research every aspect. I'm, like, you know, um, basically go balls to the wall, you know, yeah, with that situation. So, it's, like, here I am every week, or every other week, actually. I'd be, I'd have five students trailing me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watching what I did and learning. And I did this for three years. Um, And it was a great situation, amazing experience. I met so many wonderful people that I'm still friends with um, today. But it was like, after three years, I was like, I know everything there is to possibly know at this present point in time about piercing. Yeah, I was like, this isn't enough. I came here to get into tattooing. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, I need to figure it out. Like, how do I transition from this and pivot to tattooing? And at the time, I was oddly, like, missing home um, and missing my mom. I don't really have the greatest family life, but for some reason, I was missing my mom. Yeah. But it was another fate situation. So, like, I was like, okay, she was living in Brampton here in Mm -hmm. Ontario. And um, I was like, well, I'll go back to where she is. You know, I'll find a tattoo shop near her. And that way, you know, like I'll be in the right place and I can reconnect with her. Maybe things will get better. So I start looking around and literally when you Google tattoo shops, the first one that came up at the time, which is now closed, but it was called Art Addictions. So because it's an A, it came up first. Mm -hmm. So I called and I was like, can I speak to the owner? And this burly guy comes on the phone, kind of gruff sounding, you know, and I was like, hey, I was wondering if you guys are hiring. And he was like, "Uh, depends. What do you do? And I was like, I'm a body piercer. And he was like, oh, yeah, I need a body piercer. He's like, when can you come in? And I was like, well, I'm in England. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a little bit. So, and he was like, oh, well, when are you getting back here? I was like, well, I have a flight booked in a month, but I'm just trying to, like, wrap up my apartment and move over, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, well, can you send me your stuff? So I was like, sure. Now, again, the time period, 
I had to like print out an email, print out photographs, yeah. and then snail mail it over to Canada nice. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. to have it come. There, like we just didn't email stuff or, or do anything like that. There was no Instagram profile to mm -hmm. send a link to. So it was just so different. Anyway, so he gets the package and I put it in this like crazy pink metallic envelope and like just made it really like yeah, stand out Yeah, Yeah, 100%. And um, he called me and he's like, you're hired. Perfect. And I was like, you haven't even met me yet. And he was like, I don't care. You're hired. I have a vibe. You're hired. Yeah. And I was like, well, what if I'm a bitch? Like, what if you, I was like, <laughs> trying to talk yourself out of this now. <laughs> You're like, but I'm what? realistic though. Yeah. I was like, well, well, what if I'm a bitch and you don't like me when you meet me? And he was like, I don't care. He's like, when are you going to be here? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm, it's booked for such and such a date. He's like, okay. He calls me another week later and I'm still at my job in England. And I'll never forget this moment, but like I hid for some reason, I hid behind the counter at my work and he calls and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what's up? And he's like, you're still coming, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay. He's like, I really need you here. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming, buddy. Like, don't worry. And he was yeah. like, okay. And then later I was to find out that he actually had like asked God for help because he was going through a messy breakup at the time with yeah. his wife who was the piercer and he ah. knew that he needed another piercer in there to keep the shop going because it was very busy at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so like he kind of like knew he needed to set that up as like another step in his process of like sure. getting rid of her. <laughs> Anyways, so a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a lot of moving oh, parts. But he out. asked for he asked God, and then I called. Yeah, so I still think that like that's that. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think that's amazing. So. Um, <laughs> Here I am in, uh, in Canada. I had just like landed the day before. I get ready, I go into the shop to meet the guy. And uh, you know, I was impressed by the location. Everything was great. They were a busy, thriving shop. It was like, everything was like perfect. Mm -hmm. He's hiring me to be a piercer. So I'm in this interview with him kind of thing, very casual, but I was like, by the way, I need you to teach me how to tattoo. And he was like, pardon? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need you to teach me how to tattoo within the first three months of me working for you. And if you can't, then I will go somewhere else. Nice. And he was like, how about you start piercing first and then we'll talk about like you learning how to tattoo. Yeah. And I was like, no, if you're not going to teach me how to tattoo, yeah. then I'm not staying. Good for you. I was like, but I'll work here for now because I need money. Yeah. But like, if that's not happening, then I'm moving on. Good for you. And he was like, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. Kind of by the ball. I was like, okay, yes. Yeah. Please start now. Yes. <laughs> who is this chick? Uh-huh. You know, like, who's this, like, girl from England who's just, like, all of a sudden... The biggest dick energy. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's, you got to bring it, right? If 100%. you're passionate, you got to bring it. So I started working there, and I fit right in because it's, a, at the time, it was such a boys club mentality. But right away, I was like, well, that's the energy I need to bring. Mm -hmm. I need to be one of the dudes. Like, I need to be one of the guys. They're outside talking about their motorcycles. I'm going to go out there and I'll help polish a motorcycle so that I can listen to what they're saying so that I can get in with them. Gotcha. I need to be a part of their, you know, like their clique, their family, whatever they have going on here. So within that, it's like you got to take the punches, too. Like, when you've got biker dudes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like they're hard on each other and it's very boys club. And I'm lucky because right away the owner and I clicked and I, he kind of took me under his wing, but like 
there was a lot of comments that are made sexually, like graphic stuff, you mm -hmm. know, and then there's also discrimination coming in from clients. Um, the area that we lived in, uh, like being in Brampton, it was like, there was a, a religious background that was very discriminatory towards women. And I think it's probably the nicest way I'm going to be able to say that. But like, so they'd walk in right away and it was very much, let me talk to one of the men. Let me talk to one of the guys. Let me talk to a tattoo artist, mm -hmm. you know, and that's tough. And it was hard because it's like, you got to bite your tongue. Like, and like at the time I was like, so filled with like piss and vinegar that I wanted to, that like, it wasn't easy clap back every time. Yeah. But like at the same time to earn respect, it's like learning how to take the punch. Mm -hmm. And knowing tactfully when to give it back. Hundred percent. So. Hundred <laughs> percent. Timing is everything. So yeah. Um, so that was it. Was hard and like the when he so when he took me on to actually apprentice. It wasn't just like <laughs> they had to they had to like initiate me. It couldn't just be like guess what you get to apprentice yeah, yeah. that's probably what and happens nowadays i would assume yeah no there's hoops so the first one was um it was a friday night and the guys the other guys that worked there had left and he's like nick and i need you to stay after and actually that's a funny thing too he changed my name from nikki to nick and he said because if i write nick on the deposit card when people come in to book they're gonna think they're getting tattooed by a guy and then they're likely to come in. If I write Nikki, so he's like, then they're not going to want to get tattooed by you. That's literally, he was told, your name is now Nick. Like, that's yeah. how I was told. So, so anyway, so he was like, Nick, I, I need you to tattoo me. And I was like, me? No, I'm good. And he was like, no, I need a word on my ankle. And he's like, because he was going through a lot with this relationship and stuff. He's like, I need this word on my ankle and I want you to do it. And I'm like, dude, this is this is deep. Like, I, no. And he's like, no, no, no. It's got to be you. And I'm like, okay, all right. And here I am the whole time. And I had been like shit talking him and stuff jokingly. And I was like, I, you know, if you're an artist, you can pick up any medium. You can airbrush. You can paint. You can draw. You can tattoo. It's just another medium. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's 99% bullshit, 1% talent. That's what I used to chirp to him. Yeah. Time to buck up to that, eh? Well, I ate my words, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Confident, Mrs. Passionate uh -huh. is sitting there with this tattoo machine in her hand, finally. Like, I waited until I was properly accepted as an apprentice in order to pick up a machine. I wasn't going to, I didn't start at home. I never once touched a machine until he told me I was allowed to. Gotcha. Because I respected the craft that much. That yeah. That's what I waited for. So he puts this machine in my hand, tells me to write this word on his ankle. It's stenciled on and everything. I start tattooing it. I get halfway through. I looked up at him. We met eyes and I just burst into tears crying. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was like, why are you sorry? And I'm like, because I'm like, I talk so much shit. And he's like, and I was like, and this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. And he was like, you see now, don't you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, right. He's like, okay, now continue. And I was like, but I'm messing it all up. And he's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, continue. I was like, okay. <laughs> a pretty amazing so, mentor. Yeah, I finished it off. And I mean, like, again, looking back, like, it's a bit of a shaky word. But for the first time with no experience, no yeah. training, it's pretty good. <laughs> nice. There you go. So that was that. And then... I think it was like a few days later. Um, no, it wasn't. It was like a week later. So he had bought pig's feet. Yeah. And he left them in a fridge or whatever for a week. 
so that they were rotten. Oh, even better. <laughs> Is that was that just kind of like a haha jokes on you, or it was like that oh, no. makes the actually replicate? No, no, skin haha better. jokes on you. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> yes. is I'm being an, a, a dick. Yeah. And I love I love him. If for some reason he ever gets to hear this, like mm-hmm. I love you to death, and you know I do. Um, but yeah, so he leaves it for a week, and um, they come in like the guys, the guys all come in together, like they've got it behind their backs, this like rotten package of pigs' feet. And they're all like, you can tell when someone's like all super oh, yeah. excited and geared up. Too and I much. was like, oh, okay, up. yeah, I was like, all right, guys, like what, like what's up? Like this looks real dangerous as a girl with these dudes all excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what's going yeah. on? Um, and so he proudly produces these pigs' feet to me, and he's like, you're gonna tattoo these. And I was like, oh no, right? Try not to gag. <laughs> and I've had periods in my life with where I've been vegan and vegetarian and stuff like that as well. Oh, so it's sorry. like cut that much deeper, eh? Yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, I was like, of all things, I don't want to touch a rotting pig's foot. But it was like literally slimy. It's it, the smell. Oh, I can only the whole imagine. Studio. So he was like, you can tattoo whatever you want, but you got to tattoo these pig's feet. <laughs> so nice. I was like, okay. Um, so I went and got this like old school kind of rose um, stencil, and I put it on, and I tattooed this like purple and pink freaking rose on this pig's foot, and the smell was horrible. And back in the day, we used to use um, Dettol for stencils, and it's got a very medicinal smell to it. Um, the problem with that is, anytime I applied a stencil after that on human beings, all I could smell mm-hmm. was the rotting pig's feet. <laughs> <laughs> Does that like, still stick with you today? No. Uh, well, I'm probably not using it anymore. And we're not. We use stencil yeah, stuff nowadays. Gotcha. But yeah, but Dettol, like, it was very, I, I would say like a good year or so afterwards, it was very, like, effective on reminding me of that. Ex- yeah, triggering to yeah. that experience. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, w- it was hard, like, I going through everything and you know getting into the industry but i feel like when you're determined like you know you're gonna find Obviously the right ways very much, yeah. but it's also listening to like you can be determined at something but then you can be pig-headed about it you also have to listen to the universe for these nudges mm-hmm. or for me i do have a higher power i call god like i've got to listen to the holy spirit i gotta listen to god guiding me because yeah. that's part of it as well you know so 100 percent. that's uh, <laughs> i'm very much the same way in the sense of um paying attention to those little things um you, know, you call it god i just call it the universe they're one and the same to me um and we all have that thing like you know just paying attention to that greater power that's you know kind of above and beyond us yeah. and it's funny the moments in my life when you know especially i think it was four or five months ago i finally totally surrendered to that i was like yes yeah i'm gonna do what i feel called to do what feels right to me even if it's fucking terrifying even if it makes no sense at all and logically i'm like what the fuck are you doing? Just do it. And it's funny that like when I committed to that and honored that, everything in my life would seamlessly fall into place. 100%. I wouldn't have to try. I would, you know, I'd have plans with someone and something would come up and I didn't want to do it. So I'm like, I'd start to think about how I was going to, you know, communicate to this or just, you know, change things up, try to make it work, whatever. I wouldn't need to. They'd reach out, something would happen. Yep. It would all just perfectly yep. line up. Exactly. And, you know, even... You know, if I start to d- deter from the path a little bit, these things stop happening. Yeah. There's resistance. You know your alignment is off. Yeah. And if it's like self-will run riot, like if I am forcing stuff and I am making stuff happen, then I am not in alignment. Mm-hmm. If I sit back and listen, you know, and it's like even this, you know, our conversation right now, it's like 
obviously there's fear in that, but it's like if I list, I stopped and listened and I went, no, this has got to happen today. Mm -hmm. This is meant to happen. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I find that that's super important um, in life, but so yeah, tattooing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very cool. And honestly, again, like appreciate you uh, having me out. Like that's, I hope the people that listen to this, it's kind of cool where a lot of these episodes I'm sitting down with a stranger for the first time and I'm like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. And like, what, we shot the ship for maybe 10, 15 minutes and then started this up. And it's, that's, I kind of, you know, spoke to this a little bit in the last solo episode where as much as it is important that, you know, like we hear these stories and like your experiences and everyone's experiences, like what we've all been through, um, it's also important that like, we have the ability to fucking talk about this shit. 100%. 100%. Everyone's so terrified to talk about everything all the fucking time. And it's like, God. And I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not easy. Fuck, even, you know, last week I had things that I was terrified to talk about. This or that. Like, it's part of life and it happens and it'll keep happening over and over again. It's just... There's, like, a quote that I love um, that I've followed my whole life. And it's by Eleanor Roosevelt. And mm -hmm. it's, um, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. And I love that because, you know, like with anxiety and stuff, um, I find like a lot of well, who doesn't nowadays, like 2022, who doesn't have anxiety or some sort of issue or whatever mental health yeah. situation. Um, but, you know, a lot of it I find is like when I pause and I just like breathe through it and, you know, if I feel like I can't do it, like I just listen to that intuition and then, you know, you know where to go, you know where your heart will take you. Um, and that comes with too, like getting back after like post COVID getting back into tattooing because mm -hmm. we were shut down for so long in Canada, yeah. um, that I, I wasn't sure for a while if I wanted to even be in the industry anymore because I was with a ex that had kind of drilled it into my head that I shouldn't be, that it wasn't a good job. Like, you know, that guessing that was probably his shit and personal <coughs> perceptions he was maybe projecting onto you a little bit yeah but he was very he's very corporate um business orientated and you know like you need a nine-to-five job as an adult you need to have a proper salary and a lot of mentality that people have all i'm hearing is fear that dude was just scared yeah. shitless yeah and but that fear a great you know i'm glad that you said that actually but that fear seeped into me well maybe For i do sure. need to have that nine-to-five job maybe i do need to buck up I'm 42 years old now, like maybe like this rock star life or whatever, you know, like tattoo to tattoo paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's just not where I should be. Um, and so I wasn't sure. And then I thought back to, you know, my mentor, um, his name's Matt. So the, you know, the guy that's taught me how to tattoo and he used to say to me because I would get I would get pulled to other things, you know, like side gigs, side hustles, yep. like a lot of people are. And he'd be like, Nick, if you would just focus everything on tattooing, you'll be amazing. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, use your drive and focus on one thing. He's like, you spread yourself too thin and you're not going to be able to do it. And for a long time, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I believe that's fully accurate. So I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I got to go all in and you know like just do this right and not be worried not have that see like you were saying this the the backup situation mm -hmm. um so i got back into tattooing i worked at a shop for a little bit 
and then I was speaking with a friend of mine and she was you know she was like you keep having these issues with men the last shop it was um, he actually got like handsy with me and stuff and was very inappropriate mm -hmm. and I was just like you know I've had enough like after 20 years of like being at this it's yeah. like I've just had enough of bosses being certain way with their female tattoo artists and it's it's abusive um, and I just I'm tired of it so I was like I want a safe space that's mine that when they people come in and this circles back to like the beginning of like when we started this conversation of listening to what somebody wants you know and being intentional with their time I'm not rushing mm -hmm. you know I charge for the actual piece and will take as long as it takes yeah. so it's like if you want to get through it nice and quick if you want a million as a client if you want a million smoke breaks you can yeah if you don't then we don't you know and it's like that to me is really important is having a place where people can come and they know that i value them and i respect their time and their wishes and what they need and want yeah, like it's amazing so not yeah. only that too like they're gonna <laughs> see that piece in the body for the rest of their life yeah. And every time they see that, they're going to remember the experience. And, like, that's, you know, it's incredible that it can be a positive experience all around. So that's huge. I, even just, you know, those little details, like making someone feel understood. Yeah. Uh, that's fuck gold. Like, to hang around people that can make you feel seen. Oh. Yeah. Those are the angels in this world for sure. 100%. Thank you. And it's, you know, and it's, I think it's important because... Each client is different. Everybody as a person is different. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that interaction though. I love the conversations we have. I love that I get to know you and your family. Like I have a lot of people that come with their families. It's amazing. You it's know? a whole experience, right? It's a whole experience. They're trying to take it in. You got like the, the folks who are like, I don't know about this. And they're like, trust me, this is sweet. Yeah. And they bring yeah. their people. And we have days where like, you know, it's lots of people. And even like my landlord at one point, she was like, um, she's like, Nikki, is it normal that you have so many people come like for a thing? Or isn't it like one person at a time? She's like, I don't know how tattooing works, but is that normal? And I was like, yeah, for my people, that's normal. They come from further away. They don't all live in Toronto. Yeah. I've got people that come from like uh, Hamilton, Brampton. Um, I've got even people from like Ottawa that come down. Nice. That's and a bit of a like track. They, the Ottawa people, it's a, it's a family that's yeah. coming. The that's Hamilton so people, cool. it's a family. So it's like they know when they come, we're going to spend the day together. We're going to have fun. We're probably going to order pizza. Like we just have a good it's time. Amazing. I want to get tattooed by you just the experience. <laughs> now. I'm no. like, can we get pizza? This <laughs> is <just> so cool. <laughs> but no, that's incredible yeah. though. Like, um even just thinking back on some of my tattoo pieces like i never really had an expectation and for the most part like happy all around really but the moments that really stood out same thing like one shop they all like pitch in they like order lunch and they're like hey man what do you want and then like we all just shoot the shit have food and i was like that's fucking amazing that's you remember that forever be. that's exactly how it should be um beautiful experience but then you like i've had stories where it's like i've had people come in and they're like oh my artist had his airpods in all night all day excuse me during the appointment he didn't yeah. talk to me you know i was so anxious and awkward and i was like well that's not right like mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not what to do you know and it's like as an artist too like i get that there's different ways that you operate but this is a bedside manner business true you know and i was taught like you need to be friends with the people that you're working with and later now I've realized myself is like your vibe attracts your tribe. 
Absolutely. Right? And that's what I want. I want my people. Like, I want the people I resonate coming to me. Yeah. You know, there's some that, that don't, you know, and God bless you. Like, you know, in the industry, like in, in clients. But, like, the people that I have coming to my shop now are all people I love. It's amazing. And they know that they can reach out to me any time of night yeah. or day. I'll always answer them back. Like, that my life is for them. And I'm so grateful for them. So. that's i yeah. <laughs> love this episode I'm like i love hearing instances like this because like it in the grand scheme of things like you could look at things like a pessimist and be like oh my god the world's going in such a bad direction but then like you guys sit here and i listen to stories like this and i'm like this is amazing this is like completely progression this is moving in all the right directions like you can see it from the start of your story like to where we're at now and it's like yeah. absolutely amazing and even like, I do health and fitness coaching, and my thing, when I started, I was like, this industry's fucked. Yeah. I was like, yeah. it's a bunch of fucking gimmicks and lies and yep. bullshit and fads and just trying to sell this big fucking dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same fashion as you, like, my relationships with all my clients are very different. You know, I have some people where we do our weekly check-ins. They're very, they're, they're quick, they're to the point, I'm like, you're killing it, like, maybe tweak this, good job. And then yeah. other ones where, like... We shoot the shit. We talk about, like, you know, what's stressing them out in life, like, the highs and the lows, like, all the good Because that can stuff. be a big trigger, too, in the industry. Like, like what someone's going through emotionally, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, health industry, as well as tattoo industry. 100%. You know, like, breakups and everything else. I call them, like, freedom tattoos. Like, either, when you break up, like, you, you glow up, generally. Like, yeah. you yeah, know, typically. you want to work on your body. You want to work on your aesthetic, what you yeah. look like and everything. And that yeah, takes all different up. forms. Yeah, 100%. So. Now I'm curious for your perception of this because <laughs> I've, I've talked about this a few times. I don't know. I can't speak to it with confidence yet. When I was younger and a bit of a degenerate and just full of trauma and, like, rather cynical and bitter and, like, oh, just full of hurt. Yeah. I go like fuck I tattooed my did my neck in two days back to back like two eight hour days I was like yeah that was fun it was a little fucked up but that was fun and it's hardcore like for people listening that's pretty hardcore <laughs> I had <laughs> <If> you don't know <laughs> instances like two years later where you know did a lot of work a lot of healing and I got my chest done also not an awesome spot but I felt like a bitch yeah. and I was like that was the first time I actually used like numbing cream and I was like I need that oh all about numbing cream. yeah and when he finished yeah. it up though I was like, dude, you got to stop. If you don't have numbing cream, I can't do this. Like, this yeah. is fucked up. And, like, the curiosity is, like, do you think people sit easier when they're, like, really going through it? Yeah. They're, like, covered in trauma. You're like, I don't feel shit. You're just numb. You're fucking... Yeah. Yeah. And if anything, it's a relief because they're focusing now on where that pain is. Yeah. And not only that, it's a cathartic process for the mm-hmm. person because they're going through this traumatic situation and then they get to watch the tattoo heal. And it's like a, a, a shield almost, you know, like you feel like you've been knighted or something. You've got this like kind of like kick-ass new thing yeah. and it makes you proud and happy to be like, you know, presenting it out there. And like... I always felt like it was like a fresh chapter. It yeah. It was like a, a new start. It was like new you. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. Like it's kind of like armor in a sense that like I literally have a client right now, a wonderful woman. She's one of the most resilient, like, strong women I've ever met in terms of, like, the things that she takes on and, like, the load that she bears. Yeah. And she's working on, like, tattooing, like, literally armor onto herself. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. That's, like, a real-life, like, Joan of Arc. That's, like, amazing. Yeah. 
So what I'm learning from this is that like I definitely fucked up in not covering my body quicker when I was like really broken inside. <laughs> now we get back to now we circle back to where that started. Yeah, hundred percent. That and I find like age too. The older I get, the worse I am at handling it. And I'm gotcha. the the other bad thing too is when people see me like I am pretty heavily covered. I would say mm-hmm. and people automatically think that you're like some badass that can take a lot of pain. And they, a big softie, oh yeah. my God, I'm a huge softie. <laughs> I'm terrible. I hate needles of any sort. I yeah. hate getting tattooed. I have zero pain tolerance. You're doing amazing then. I'm just like, stupid. Because people can't see you. You're fairly covered, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're like, why do, you, why do you keep getting more? And I'm like, because I'm dumb. Like, I keep going back for more. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that speaks to the... That's the tattoo the, itch. Can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's that fresh chapter that, like, mm, here we go. I'm the big... I love fresh starts. Yeah. And I think that's why I came up with, like, New Wolf, because of recently reclaiming my life after a toxic relationship. It's like, I wanted New Wolf to be my new chapter, my new edition. That's so, very beautiful. Yeah, that was a huge... I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm proud of you for that, too. Like that's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's a very high-level take on kind of everything you went through, but that's, it's like a, li- a lifetime journey. Like, like, you know, you started out and you pursued, you know, you had 200 pounds in your pocket and you said, fuck it, I'm going to do this, and now yep. you're out here with your own studio. That's beautiful. You know, and there's, like, don't get me wrong, there's there's weeks I eat craft dinner, you know, and it's like, but I'll take that. Like, because when I was, like, wanting to get back into the industry during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, something I kept saying to myself was, like, I needed to get out of this relationship. And I was like, you know what, I'd rather eat craft dinner and be single than be in this relationship with this man yeah. who is quite wealthy. And, you know, and it's like I've eaten my words in the last year and a half. You know, there are those craft dinner days and it's like, but I'll take that and the life I have now, single in Toronto, having my own studio, mm-hmm. any moment over like a second back in where I was, you know, like every step that I've taken has molded me into the person that I am today. And I'm so grateful for that. Like all of my own mistakes and bad situations, whatever that I've gone through, yeah. I'm so grateful and I'm thankful for all of it, you know, so. I mean. It gave you the power <laughs> to like step into you know yeah. exactly what you mentioned like uh, I see it all the time and I even I've done it in moments of my life where I'll sit in a situation like uh, I had a job for three years it was it paid well mm-hmm. um, but at the time when I wasn't working I didn't know what I was doing but what I was passionate about yeah I didn't know what my purpose was or what I was doing and I was like that would fucking killed my soul I was like this is horrible and it's like one of those things where yeah it was comfortable because yeah. You know, I wasn't having stress about the stability and the security, but fuck. But your soul's like dying. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and what is that? And like, the first job I had after the pandemic was actually at a laser tattoo removal place because they were hiring before tattooing was hiring. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, well, and I was still in that mindset of I needed that paycheck. I needed, you know, from like my ex, you know, putting that in my head. So I was like, well, that's a paycheck. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of in the industry, but it's with this huge corporation yeah. that's very well known. And what happened was I hated it because there was so much red tape with corporate red tape to do anything. Like one person just wanted to move their appointment and I had to talk to six people over three hours. Oh my God. Just to find out that I couldn't move her appointment to a Saturday. That's a nightmare. And I was like, this is maddening to me. Like there's so many cooks in the kitchen. They don't even know who's doing what. And I was like, this is, this is not for me. Like. I want things done on a more personal level. Here I am apologizing to this client because I can't move for appointment. And it's like, why should I have to do that? Like, yeah. because of their craziness that they had going on. I get it. I've been asked that too. It's like, do I automate some of the processes in my coaching? I was like, absolutely fucking not. 
I was like, my interaction with people are individualized. It's, you know, it's uh, the example I used is, you know, I could have four different clients and they all have, you know, the same goals, but given where they are in their life and whatever else, whatever in that moment, I'll handle the situation entirely different. A hundred percent. Yeah. You've got to, and it's like, it's back to the, again, that instinct and that feeling. Because you're going to get, I know you're going to get a sense of like, okay, well, I need to recommend X, Y, and Z for this, you know, client versus mm-hmm. that for them, you know, and it's, it's very intuitive in that sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I don't know. I think this was a, a really nice episode all around. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I'm a nice person. <laughs> I would say you're a very nice person. Thank you. Uh, and for everyone that, you know, can't see, I'm, I'm sitting here with an amazing little chihuahua curled up on me so like named <laughs> lamb <laughs> the best of vibes total little sweetheart yeah. um well do you want to send off the episode with any wild interesting takeaway or message to everyone listening um just be fearless in the pursuit of being the best you can be yeah. because life's too short like life is so short and the older I get, I think the more you kind of realize that. What is that? Life live, is lived forward and learned backwards. There's like, like I'm horrible at quoting things, but it's something along those lines. And that to me is like so important. It's yeah. just appreciate things and be grateful no matter what, if you're eating sushi or craft dinner, you know, right. it, just be appreciative for wherever you are at the time and just be passionate for what you feel drawn to be doing. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Perfect. <laughs>